brunch culture. We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what brunch culture is about. About. about, about. She's Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And this is another episode of Brunch Culture, the show where everything is up for discussion. Yes, definitely Nicki Minaj, because I need her to pay back our loans. All I of there are, because I don't want to yes. just be selfish with the payback. Well, I appreciate you for including me in the hour, but we are exclusive around here. And so we got to take care of ourselves and then we're going to take care of everybody else. So when we say hour, we're talking about your loans and my loans collectively. And then we're going to advocate... It. You know, we're going to advocate for everybody else to get theirs, but we just got to make sure we get ours first. Once our balance is clear with nail net. All the way clear. Because yeah, I don't know we- how much longer they're going to let me do these deferments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here trying to make it. You know, what was crazy is I sent you the link of she was on Ellen telling how she was going to start the foundation. Ellen gave her 25 grand. I'm like, Ellen, now, listen, that's not going to pay really I don't well, really one person like did, did Ellen go to college I and I, I say know. I say this because I'm like you know because Nikki Nikki Minaj paid something like twenty thousand dollars and every you know every little bit counts so we're not gonna discredit nobody pocket well I'm not but you know I was just thinking like do y'all realize how much student loans really like twenty five thousand like that's not that might not be paying off one person's loan like maybe a portion of their loans but you know if you went and got like a master's degree um some people are getting like doctoral degrees law degrees that's a lot of money like some people are paying like a quarter million dollars plus for an education yeah i don't think they understand i think we need to start with some millions like you know we can donate to some other things with some millions let's let's pool our resources and 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 Slide some millions over to to Nailnet on my behalf with my name. Yeah, because I'm always I'm always down with the post scholarship <laughs> fund. This is. Did you hear that the cast of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta gave out <laughs> scholarships? Well, what they consider scholarships to graduating high schoolers in Atlanta, and they gave them two hundred and ninety five dollar checks. Wow, I saw so. So I saw Mimi handing out a check online, but I think that it was for more. I didn't look at the price. Wow, I didn't look at the amount. So I was listening to Ricky Smiley. That's not even books. <laughs> that's not even, and that's but that's what they said. They said it was supposed to be. They were supposed to be giving out. Uh, book scholarships for for kids yeah. that were graduating going to college, going to college two hundred and ninety five dollars in my well, question you know, was, in all fairness they don't get paid that with much the other five dollars you can just round it to a good <laughs> 300 like did you go get a happy meal with the other five dollars like 
like you just couldn't give me three hundred dollars. Like I they couldn't put their money together to, to make it even. Two ninety five was so specific. Like they were like they were talking about on Ricky Smile. They were like, yeah, they gave everybody. Each student got two hundred and ninety five dollars scholarship. I'm not sure that, and they gave it to them on the. You know the big checks that they have with na- people's name on. They say they gave them on, on like yeah. a, it was like a mini. That's why I like. thought it was more because I saw Mimi giving out a check, and I just assumed it was more. I didn't look at the amount. I just throw you. I'm so sorry. Oh gosh, I can't discredit these people's service. Because service knows no amount. <laughs> but, but $295. I'm sorry. Yeah. That, <laughs> you know, I really, I'm really starting a movement because, you know, I want to make a nonprofit to help people pay their student loans back. Right. This postgraduate loan is amazing. This is how we pitch it, you guys. Because if anybody listening want to get on this bandwagon with us, you are the guarantee. See, when you give give to a scholarship fund, you're taking a risk that they're going to finish. With us, we already finished. So you're just getting a definitive return on your investment. You see what I'm saying? You see how that's better? I found the article. <laughs> And this is the saddest thing. They knew it was a scam. So they didn't even put the dollar amount on the check. The check says Columbia High School uh, Senior Dues. Oh, that's what it was for Senior Dues. And it says Memo Scholarship. You know how I usually have a dollar amount? It doesn't have it. Oh, so it wasn't for college. It was for them to pay their dues. Okay. That's better. That's wild specific. Yeah. That's better. $295 $295 though I just but do you see what I'm saying with the postgraduate scholarship though okay what with the postgraduate scholarship what's, what's happening <laughs> I was just so enthralled at the fact that somebody <laughs> rolled somebody a $295 check like, <laughs> talking about a scholarship like I'm, I'm saying that this is the thing when you give money to a scholarship organization you're taking a risk that the students aren't going to graduate you know, people get scholarships all the time and don't graduate. You give us the money, we've already graduated. Already graduated. And you're so you, you're boosting the economy. Yeah, I feel like that's a better way to give scholarships. You know, you give me the money back that I already fronted. So you already got it. I got my degree. I can show you both of them. And you could give the money to the loan This is people. a great idea. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Way. And you know, that's what I was going to say. You don't even have to give it to me. You just have to yeah. give it Create a nonprofit. And send the checks to the financial institution on behalf. So the people that give to the nonprofit get their tax right off, and you just right pay off. the low. And you, and you get recognition. We got social media. You know, we can tell our followers to listen to your music or buy your album. I think it's great. I think it's a really good idea. Shout out to Nicki Minaj for getting this kick started. Yeah, and um, I hope she gets some a, a lot of money because what she's working with now, I don't think she's gonna get a lot of people be helped well so. maybe she will once it actually gets officially started she said by by year end she's gonna have it so yeah we're gonna, well i'm just we're staying tuned to her twitter <laughs> so you you her friend now you a follower yeah okay, I, I follow everything we said about remy ma is it's just I, I never even i i went back and removed that episode and i never even said anything <laughs> about it i never even heard that song who remy who what 
she what? I never even I don't know anything about that. I I don't need no frauds. That's all I know. <laughs> I don't need no drama when you call. That's a, I know that much. I, none. So yeah, Nikki, holler at us for real though. Like we like those little kids. You know they show pictures <laughs> when kids be starving. <laughs> we hold up our our payments with a sad face. Like I'm waving the white flag. Come on, just just come on. So uh, <laughs> this week, something else really was interesting. These rompers, is it? So what is it? Is it rompers or romp? I don't know. I'm confused. so I think the official name of it is, which is well, I don't even know if that's the official name. Romp hymns, but it, maybe that's just that was just a play on words that people were trying. That sounds weird, but that was everywhere. Everybody's talking about this whole rompers and. If dudes should wear rompers or dudes shouldn't wear rompers, if they wear rompers, how does it look? It's questioning their manhood. They look gay. They look straight. I was just, I was over the whole thing. It's so funny, though, because when I first saw the very first, like, article, I remember looking at it and being like, well, you know, I don't think, I'm a person that believes that clothes are made for certain body types. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's necessarily made for me if somebody want to wear it if the guys and obviously the guys uh that are wearing it they feel like it's cool but you know it's not for me like and most of the guys that were they were wearing it they they were younger guys but they, they i feel like they had like dad bods so i was like oh you know i mean i don't necessarily dad like, bod can you break that down i'm not, I'm not sure what that is so yeah it's a surprise you listen to uh i got it from charlamagne charlamagne talks about it a lot so it's basically like where's the guy like is not necessarily fit but he's not horribly he's not like out of shape too he's just shaped like somebody daddy like he might have like a little gut that kind of like protrudes oh okay so gotcha. like so you're not like super fat but you're not like necessarily fit either mm-hmm. yeah so he calls it a dad bot so it's like oh you got a dad bot whatever so for me i was like this is made for a particular type of person what it appears is made for a particular type of person that's just like yeah it's just just i don't want to say that's out here not caring but for lack of a better that's what i thought when i initially saw i was like hey, you know i mean people just want to be comfortable that's what i'll say people just want to be comfortable and so i was like well you know whatever then it started this whole i kept seeing it on all the social media um of course talking to friends and then bringing it up and we're, i'm in this uh a group chat and a group of friends start talking about what does it mean and some people are like, oh, well, you know, it's rompers. They're made for women. It's so gay. Dudes look suspect. And for me, that's it's like, OK, here we go. Like, I think people don't realize that, number one, a romper is like a closed top version of uh, uh, of overalls. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have a problem with a dude walking around in some overalls. Or overalls that are shorts, but it's like, oh no, these rompers, they look so gay, they look so this, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. It's like fashion and styles, like they're recycled. And back in the day, your daddy or granddaddy was rocking some bell bottoms and you know high waisted pants and you know uh, rings on every finger. Like it's just like somebody's style of dress. It doesn't define their sexuality. Like, what the... Like, how do you even get there? Now, you, I can... I'm off... If people be like, no, I don't like it. I don't think it looks appealing. You know, if somebody's like, hey, I don't think... 
dudes would look right or would look right and it's like oh that's fine but starting this whole debate about oh dude shouldn't wear this and it was one thing i saw which was really interesting it was like so dudes people is out here saying that rompers are gay but your baby daddy got his got his pants sagging and his his tidy whiteys are showing his butt but that's not gay come on yo like, <laughs> all right folks i didn't see what the big like butt buzz was about i don't understand how it got that much attention and maybe social media but whoever put this campaign out when i look because it's like a it's not gofundme it is i can't think of the 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 website but they like exceeded their goal like tremendously i think they were only trying to raise like 20 grand and they were like at almost 100k so i mean worked in their favor like Wait, so it was it was like a Kickstarter type thing? Yeah, I think it was Kickstarter. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I mean, they they got the last laugh because I mean, people bought it, so <laughs> people gave to it. So I was like, honestly, it was genius for the creators. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I, I just didn't really think it was that big a deal, and I feel like people put way too much emphasis on it. Like, if you don't like it hell for dudes just don't wear it and for women don't look like look at something else or just don't talk to that guy like don't date that guy if you think like it's a man code violation or it's not something dude should be wearing all right then just keep it moving like wear what you want to wear i don't i don't know it was it was pretty stupid yeah so but what wasn't uh, stupid and what was pretty dope is all these hand swipes or these curves that melodian trump is serving to uh mr donald trump so I saw that and so I was watching on CNN and they were talking about the fact that, you know, in some places, I don't know how true this is or not. Somebody was trying to help her out uh, that it's not appropriate for her to, them to be holding hands. Um, Man, get out of here. That lady, <laughs> don't, I don't want to hear that. No, folks, that lady does not want that man to touch her. At least in those moments. Now, what they do beyond that, you know, I'm not here to, to, to talk about it. But in those moments, in the moment of them walking, you know, down that runway and she clearly like hit his hand, like get out of here. bro. And even if it wasn't it wasn't like good for them to hold hands in that place, she could have like grabbed his hand or grabbed his arm and like, you know, went up to him like that's that's your husband. As his wife, like you could have, it could have been played completely different. And, and when they were getting off of uh, Marine One, and <laughs> she's standing there, and he goes to grab her hand, and she like wipes her, moves her hair over, completely like with the wrong, with the the other hand. It was just obviously like, come on, in these moments, she's like, get out of here, bro. Don't don't touch on me. I don't. I'm not. I'm not here for it. <laughs> I know, right? But I think it's it's funny because I think she he hasn't touched her since they had the last kid. Wait, they don't. I'm, never, I'm gonna say something really stupid. Never mind. Don't worry about it. I was that was. Cause I, I was, thought that was kind of funny. But I don't know. I I feel like that's the kind of relationship they have. Like they don't have like a. I don't. I just don't see them as like a Michelle and Barack. You know, like love. And in all, yeah, I was gonna say. In all fairness, I too try not to compare them. I remember reading this one thing, and it was by somebody that i probably shouldn't be reading but they're basically saying like you can't compare people's relationship people define love differently they you know said if you were to compare um the obamas to you know the clintons or any other like any other um 
of the former presidents in recent years, like you won't see as much PDA likely as President Obama and the first and first lady Michelle Obama because of just the time that they lived in and what they represented and people kind of sensationalized their love because it was like black love and yada, yada, yada. And so for me, I was like, well, you know what? Let me try to be fair. You know, I'm always trying to be fair and diplomatic. So I was like, all right, let me not compare the two. But even when you don't compare the two, even when you just let them stand alone, they don't even seem like, like friends. Like it doesn't come across like, oh, you know, you know, some relationships, they might be not may not be lovey dovey, but you kind of have that little thing where you can see this is how we mesh. It always comes across as a little like, I mean, yeah, I uh, she'll do like that's that's what I get. Like it's, it comes off like, I right, I mean, we out here, but I ain't really checking for him, checking for him like that. Like, that's not really what I'm trying to be doing. It's just like, you know. We out here because we gotta be type thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really it's really weird. It's such a strange interaction. But I mean, his whole get up is strange. Like he just altogether is an interesting his person. Get up is strange. I ain't heard nobody say somebody's whole get up in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I just up. his everything about him to me is off. So I mean. You know, it's not a stretch for his marriage to be off. I mean, that's, I think that's just, he embodies that. He embodies his whole get up being off. <laughs> he embodies all. So he should be like, oh, that was going to be real corny. I, I was about to say, so he should be the face of off. You know, the bug spray off. Oh. Badoop. I'm going to be here all night, guys. I'll be here all night. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Open up for the next Kevin Hart stand up special. <laughs> right. <laughs> Randall, not funny. Ah. Yeah, I mean, you said some funny stuff earlier. This I, one, just you get, you know, but I have my moments that I'm not, you know. It's we, We're hit and miss. I'm, yeah, we're hit and miss. Anyway, <laughs> we got anything else to talk about? Richard, we definitely want to mention Richard Collins. This oh, was so yeah. sad to me. He was supposed to graduate on Tuesday and he didn't get the opportunity to because a white supremacist stabbed him on University of Maryland's campus while he was waiting on the shuttle bus and they realized the shuttle bus wasn't coming. So they called the Uber, waiting on the Uber. Dude comes up and just stabs him. Obviously, he's intoxicated, but he's intoxicated. And again, with he's intoxicated with alcohol, but also intoxicated with white him white supremacy and hatred. So... All of those things working together, he stabs an innocent black man by the name of Richard Collins, who was in the military as well, um, which was a lieutenant. Um, it was just tragic. I just was like, are you kidding me? Like, he did nothing wrong. He's just hanging with his friends, and this dude comes up and stabs him in his chest. Like, I was really pissed off about that. Yeah, I... <sighs> I didn't even know what to say when I saw it. Like, I just, it was one of those things that, you know, immediately you feel sad, but you start thinking like, especially because it happened. So it happened in this area in the area that we always think, you know, the DMV area, we think that people are a lot more liberal, you know, and we oftentimes kind of, kind of forget the extremities of, of, of racism and of hatred and that, when we're talking about things, I feel like sometimes we kind of feel now I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I kind of feel like 
those types of things happen in like the deep south right and those are types of things that while we do have a struggle or issues that we have to tackle in this area those things aren't as bad but hearing something like that and knowing that that happened to a young person and it's just it's extremely sad and then hearing that people are saying and i just read this headline before we started recording that um it's being said that you know that there's not enough evidence to say that whether it was a hate crime or not and you know people don't know the motives of this individual isn't known but i also had heard before too that this person had been making had made statements like that or made statements that were like anti-black um in the past so it's just it's ultimately it's it's really sad and it and it it reminds me of why there's so much work to do and why we have to continue to challenge those people that that say like you know I'm not going to I just hate this or I hate uh this this type of thing about this person but I'm not a racist or I'm not a bigot or I'm not somebody that's going to do this it's kind of like these types of thoughts or ideals that we don't that go unchallenged that go misinformed that people aren't saying like no this is wrong you got to do this it leads to things like this happening and it's just i don't know it's 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 frustrating it's extremely frustrating so we definitely our hearts our minds and our prayers are seriously uh with the family and with uh the student the student body um everybody that has been personally affected by this uh that's been personally touched by it, and even people that haven't been i, I heard i was listening to uh the podcast code switch today i'll make this really fast but i was listening listening to code switch today and um yari i always mess up her last name i think it's yari shahidi from blackish she plays the daughter the older daughter on blackish uh zoe she said that she was talking about you know watching the video when she watched the video uh, the live stream of Philando Castile being murdered um, on Twitter. And she was saying, but we, our generation now, 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 and now, and then we consume so much content and we consume so many bad things that we don't realize how that's impacting us and how that's hurting us. And we see these things and we hear, you know, you see pictures or you hear the detailed stories and it's not even something that you have to go and find. You literally could just be scrolling on your timeline and this will pop up and you'll read it or get a glimpse or see somebody comment on it, talking about it. And it kind of invades your, your happiness in that moment, your, your ability to like stay positive. I was you know, scrolling through a website the other day and I kept seeing all these like horrible stories and it was just like, it kind of like impedes on your mood. So anybody that, that that's everybody, I mean, honestly, and it's like, I guess I want to say pray for the world, but that sounds so like, you know, blanket statement and impersonal, but I don't know. I play praying for everyone, but specifically praying for, for us, for black people that, you know, as we continue to see these things happen, um, we continue to stay strong to stay encouraged and continue to like love on each other because that's what we need. Well, we definitely want to keep the Collins family in prayer. Like Randall said, our heart goes out and we couldn't even imagine the, what the family and close friends are feeling at this time. Um, let let us know what y'all think about Richard Collins, about Melania Trump, about wampins, um, uh, romp, rompums, rompums. Or Nicki Minaj. If y'all know her, tell her to pay off our student loans. We've been saying this for a while. Uh, let, <laughs> let us know what y'all think. Hashtag ChatBC on all social media sites. And we'll be back with our main dish.
Now we're back with our main dish and today's main dish is interesting uh, because it was inspired by a situation that I know of. Uh, (laughs) And I'll just give I'll give a vague situation. So I knew of a person that that (laughs) I'm trying to say I can say this without incriminating anyone. Um, They were talking so intently about how wonderful their life was and how amazing their relationship uh, was with their spouse. And how it was just amazing and their intimacy was on point. And then I see on social media um, the split up, but also the bashing of the spouse uh, because they were saying this person was kind of abusive and mean and standoffish and all of these things. And I was thinking, that's so interesting because you made such a big deal about how amazing they were and now that the breakup is 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 happening you're like basically trashing them all over these social media streets and i was just like it's a dr jekyll and mr Hyde. and i'm I'm not taking away from anything uh he could have been very mean very nasty and they were just trying to cover up for that or overcompensate but right. it, it left me let me and Randall to talk about like what should be shared on social media like after the breakup what should be private like should the sh- what should be kept private after the breakup and I'm a proponent where I say you tell the story differently when you're in the healed place and you're a hurt place and I think if you just broke up with somebody that y'all been in a relationship for you know years upon years and you like two months ap- removed from it Maybe it's best for you not to be sharing it on the World Wide Web. Right. Because you're you're still in a hurt place. Telling the story from a healed place, you're going to reflect on it differently. You might, you're going to tell it, but it's just the tone. Everything is going to be different about it. Right. And I think if you've been the person that has, through your, your relationship out there, like it was so perfect and for everybody to admire and then flip and go Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and then trash the person... I start looking at you sideways. Absolutely. Because I'm like, just don't tell us. Yeah. Don't tell us good or bad. We didn't yeah. ask. You volunteered. Didn't even ask. Yeah. And I just, I think that's that's so interesting. What do you think, Randall? So I absolutely agree. And I feel like, you know, t- trying to be, I try to be fair with people telling their stories, right? Because people, when you share your stories, when you talk about certain things, it's a part of the healing process. It helps you get move forward. It actually helps you help somebody else maybe get out of a situation that is not so good or just think a little bit harder about the situation that they're in. So I'm all for that. But I think that in terms of what should and shouldn't be shared on social media or how you kind of portray a person, you got to make sure you're given a, a, a full and balanced story. Right. Because people getting caught up in either one, the extremely super good and everything's perfect and extremely super bad and everything's horrible. It is unfair to actually you both it's particularly unfair to the other person, um, whether good or bad, because you're setting expectations by other people that are, can likely be unrealistic. So for example, I think that let's say you're in a relationship and you start saying that, Hey, you know, Billy Joe Schmo 
is perfect. You know, Billy Joe Smo does everything that you need him to do. He shows up when he's supposed to show up. He, he you know, he praises you. He, he he tells you how great and how wonderful you are. And then six months later, you and Billy Joe Smo break up. And then you're saying like how Billy Joe Smo was like, you know, just the scum of the earth. He talked about you. He never really showed up. You know, he came, but he was always late. It's like you're saying all these bad things and likely you're saying those things because they come from, you know, a place of you being bothered, you being hurt, you not being over it. And I don't think that that's fair to Billy Joe Schmo because you are you're kind of painting a picture of him to not just to yourself or not to your inner circle, but honestly, in the day of social media, you're painting it to the world, possibly of him being a a certain type of person. And that's just not fair. You know what I'm saying? It's not fair. Mm -hmm. It it could potentially impact his career. It could impact his friendships, his, his other relationships that he has with people. And I think that yeah, mutual friends, especially exactly. And I think that if, if, if everything is true about how horrible he was, then you have to also acknowledge certain things that about certain characteristics about yourself that may have led you to that position. Um, and it's not, I was having and thinking about it and trying to like, you know, be balanced. I don't want to make it appear like we're trying to say like, Hey, you know, if you're a victim of domestic violence or a victim of any type of like, you know, bad situation, verbal abuse or whatever, that you shouldn't say anything because you absolutely should. But I think that you have to be very honest about where that's coming from. If this person was consistently this horrible and this bad person, then, you know, let's talk about or let's analyze or let's consider what was it about you? Maybe it was just the desire to be in a relationship or maybe it was just, you know, you kind of being broken in yourself that allowed this person to kind of come in and to live in that space for whatever amount of time. And you feel that it was OK and you accept it. For me, that's a more balanced conversation. That's a healthy conversation. That's something that is going to holistically, if you are seeking to inspire or to share on your social media so you can help other people get out, you really are telling the full story. You're telling the story of like, hey, you know, I was in that situation and I've I've realized these things about myself. Um, And then I just personally have a problem. You know me. I feel like social media, everybody uses social media for different things. Um, I was just recently having this conversation with a family member that basically sent me another um because i get this a lot from people but (laughs) that sent me a screenshot of another family member's post and was like what are your thoughts on this and for me i realized people really do use social media for a a number of things like and some people think that it's great it's like a diary you can put all kinds of personal stuff on there some people don't for me i feel like social media is not meant for you for you to live your your public life I mean, your life out in public. And I think about it like a celebrity. Let's think about the the celebrities that appear to be the most the most happy or even just celebrities in general. One thing that they always say is that they wish they had their privacy. They wish that they were able to make mistakes and be able to learn from those in like a, a private area. And I feel like they do that because they realize when you open certain things up to so much scrutiny, so much opinions or always constantly having to it be talked about or heard about it's really hard for you to kind of live in what's reality because you get caught up in the show of it or you get caught up of what's not real or or being confused with what's real and not real and i feel like it's the same thing for like uh, a non-celebrity person 
on social media. Everything's not meant for everybody to comment on because that's gonna it it slows the process. It it stops progress. It, it you aren't you start to kind of live for the gram instead of living and then you know sharing it with the gram or the book if you want to. And so I think that like we <laughs> your relationship to me is sacred. You know, marriage or just dating somebody or in a position where you guys are in a committed relationship, those things are it's special. It's between the two of you. And so the details of it don't always need to be broadcasted on Facebook. And I think that you have to be you got to be fair and know that, hey, there's this person that I met and this person's really great and really amazing. And and, and it's fine to say that. And then if it doesn't work out, also be like, hey, this person was really great at a period of time and then things shifted or, you know, this this person, you know, was never really great. And I just kind of lived in that facade just because it was convenient to do. But to kind of, you know, one month say that this person is amazing and you love what they're doing. And then six months later, they're being the spawn of the devil. To me, it kind of <laughs> says more about you than it does about them. Like, I think, you know, we got some other things at play here. <laughs> and I think that that's, a, that's why I say share things from a healed place. Cause you get a time to reflect and see if I contributed anything, I think, you know, in cases of, you know, domestic abuse and p- people put your hands on you and emotion, those could be, they just have internal demons that they're fighting that they're projecting on another person. Right. That's one thing. But if it's a, if it's like, y'all just don't get along, y'all vibe not right, y'all want two different things out of life, you gain weight and he wasn't okay with the weight or vice versa, you know, things like that, that happen, just normal relationship things, then you got to, when you share it from a healed place, I feel like the way you communicate it is going to be different. Right. You know what I'm saying? You might still say, I feel like they were, had the majority of the blame, but you take some responsibility for it. And then you realize that they're not all bad. Nobody's all bad. Nobody's all good. There are layers to people. And you can say, there was a point in time when we started dating, this was amazing. This started to happen. This started to break down. Maybe I should have communicated more here. You know, I think thus, when you get to a healed place, those are things you start reflecting on. When you start, I, I see a quote all the time that I think is so good. Never trust your mouth when your heart is bitter. And mm, I think that's, that's good. something to live by. Yeah, when that's you good. you got bitterness in your soul, don't trust your mouth. And in this age, don't trust your fingers. Uh, because, fingers will do it every time. Uh, and I think, but I think it goes back to that when people don't have, when they haven't cultivated depth in their relationships, you're not going to have anybody to vent it to. Right. So then the media or social media or attention becomes your outlet. Then you get the wrong kind of attention and then you just out here looking shady. You end up making it worse than inadvertently, but still making it worse than than what it needs to be and again it goes back to the idea of like kind of sheltering and protecting what you what you put out there so like reputation people say like i don't care what people think but i think we we have to realize and what social social media does is we realize reputation and image matters it means things the way that people perceive you the way that you carry yourself the way that you put it out it it matters and no you can't really care you can't be so like concerned that, you know, if somebody thinks one negative thing about you or somebody says something bad that you're just, you know, out here trying to change who you are like, that's not realistic. But I think it is realistic to say that, you know, 
hey, in my career or if I'm in my career, or if, I, if I'm a, an entrepreneur in my business or whatever I'm trying to do, the, the what I put out there matters. And so if you are realizing that, recognizing that, accepting that and, and knowing that, hey, this is something I have to do, it's like you got to. If you're going to share this part of your life and you choose to share it, that's fine. But make sure that is it's fair and it's balanced because that also tells a story about you. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. tells it tells your truth. You're trying to expose someone else or put someone else out there. And that also, you know, tells some things about you. So if you want to, if that is the truth or whatever it is that you're putting out there about that person, if it's true, then, you know, tell the the aspect of you that got you there. Tell the part of you that played a role or maybe encouraged that or even allowed that type of thing to happen and have that type of balanced conversation. If you're a person that feels like, hey, I live out loud on the gram and I kind of put my, my thoughts and my feelings and I live openly and I'm an open book, um, which that statement is so loaded when I see people make that statement because it's a lie because you're not an open book. Like when you were like <laughs> jobless and homeless, you weren't on here telling us about it. So please stop. <laughs> and I think, you know, too, I think one of the things we have to remember is that usually when we tell the negative about people to other people, we want those people to not like them as well. And so that's just the reality. But in fact, most people, there's going to be some people that don't like them, but people Mature people base their relationships with a person off their interaction with that person. And so you're not going to be able to turn the masses against one person. Right. And so you're going to get frustrated because the people that you told it to still mess with the people, still mess with the person, still mess with the person, because that was they like, well, that's y'all issue. That's not ours. Right. And so, and depending on their level of relationship, they may never see that side of the person that you saw. So I think you have to be okay with the fact that you telling the negative won't turn other people against them. And once I think you have that in your mind, you probably will be less likely to share because at the root, I think of this is most people want people to dislike the people they dislike. Yeah. Especially when they've been deeply wounded by that person. Yeah, we want you. It's the idea of you kind of want company. You want an amen crowd, and and you and you need that. But you, it's important to find that from the people that care about you. So if you go to your friend, your friend is going to have your back because that's your friend. You know what I'm saying? And your friend is going to likely hear your side of the story or rock rock with you for that reason. And that's that's what you need. But you need people that are personally invested in that because on social media you will get the amen crowd you will get the people that are kind of like you know on this one bandwagon or or supporting you in this moment and then when they hear another side they flip-flop and then they they're Mm -hmm. on the other side and then you know if you release some more juicy stuff then they're back and then you find people that are just kind of here for the show and just here for the comments and here you know to to see how much of a spectacle that you can make um and so i i I think that when it comes to relationships, particularly, and another thing I wanted to say is like, so I'm a fan of, if you say that you love somebody and even if you love them in the moment and you realize that like, or you, you love them when you guys are together and you realize the relationship is, is, is going down, downhill, you got, it's ended. I think it's important for you to really exercise how much you love them 
when it's over. Um, I think that mm. if you are being abused, of course, of course, and I'm going to stop, I'm going to say this and this is the last time I'm going to say it because I feel like it kind of takes away from making the point. But if you're, if you're being physically abused or if you're being emotionally abused and somebody is like taking your person away from you or taking your love for self away from you, then that's one thing. Um, but if a relationship didn't work out because you guys don't see eye to eye, even if a person cheated on you or you found out this person was like out here, you know, doing all this stuff with all these other people. I think you exercise love truly when it's over, when you say, I'm going to love you enough not to try to hurt you in the way that you hurt me. And that's hard. And like, mm, yeah, it, it's it is. not, yeah, it's not something that's easy to do. It's not something I feel like anybody is just naturally an expert on, you know, we want vengeance. We want to, we want to feel vindicated and we want to feel like, Hey, I made you feel I've had, you took my power away from me. So now I'm taking my power back and making you feel this way. But I feel like the true definition of loving somebody and really being able to test how much you love somebody is not doing that in the face of to, to whatever degree being justified in doing so and being like, you know what? I'm not going to treat you the way that you treated me. Now I'm not going to let you be out here like telling lies on me. So if I have to defend myself and my my position of what happened, trust me, I will, but I'm not out here willingly trying to drag your name through the mud. If people want to know why it didn't work out, it just didn't work out. If you're close enough to me or close enough to us in a situation and I need to have a conversation with you, I will, but to publicly try to tarnish you I love you too much to do that. I still want you to excel. I want you to get yourself together. And then I think there's a period of time too where that story doesn't need to be told until you actually move through it and move past it. And then, you know, if you write your book in like three, four years, five years, or, you know, you start making a post about relationships in the past, then you can talk about that space, talk about that relationship because you're talking about it from a more sound space. And it's okay to say like, you know, I was in a situation where this person was unfaithful or this person didn't believe, couldn't commit, or, you know, this person didn't uphold monogamy, like, and talk about, you know, the details in such a way where it's not specifically pinpointing it to a person and even if the 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 masses know who that person is you're not doing it in a way where it's like i'm trying to vilify this person but i'm really just trying to tell my truth and i can tell my truth without making this person being horrible and i feel like that's a safer that's a safer space and it's a better space because that allows you to keep your head clear sometimes i'll even be honest now sometimes i can hear a story about somebody or i can talk about a situation and you know because we you've even pointed it out to me i'll get so into talking about it that it's literally like i'm right back into that moment (laughs) in that situation and i'm hype and i'm going off and i'm you know i'm dropping f-bombs and i'm saying because this mother ain't doing this and it's like yo 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 wait 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 that happened like three years ago. <laughs> that was like five years ago. That was like 10 years ago. You was actually 10 when that happened. You got to like, you got to really back in. But, you know, I can do that in a safe space with a friend where I'm not making myself look like I'm bitter or I'm crazy or, you know, I'm out to just try to do something. It's like, yo, you know what? I got, I got tied back up into it because I was reliving that moment because those emotions were so real. And I remember feeling that. I remember how that feels. So I got back in there. But if you've put it all out on social media or you told the world about it, literally 
uh, somebody can tag you in something or somebody can, you know, make a joke publicly and then you madden in your feelings. But it's like you open the door to this. You put this out here like I didn't get it's no one else's fault that this is here but yours. And so a part of not telling all of the juicy details of uh, your relationship gone wrong when you like once it's at, at any point in time, honestly, a part of that is really protecting yourself. A part of it is making sure that you're able to, you know, move forward in in a healthy and a safe space. And I feel like a lot of times we don't think about that. A lot of times we just it's freeing and it's fun to cut the fool when a relationship is over or a situation is ended. Like it is mm-hmm. real fun. But it makes you feel horrible if you really genuinely no care peace. about the person. Yeah. yeah, because you the hurt is sig- signifying that you care. You have you have deep hurt because you had deep care. Right. So at the end of the day, you still care about the person. And when you make that person look bad, especially publicly, now you know when you talk with your friends and you vent, and that's a whole different thing. But I've vented to you about things, and then I call came back and you know let me retract that they weren't that bad but at least i could go back to you as the individual person and say this you know x y and z right but if i done typed it that's a whole nother level you can't retract that right and so we're not saying you can't vent to your friends but we're saying hey this public display of vengeance is very detrimental to you as well as the other individual but it's going to hurt you deeply it hurts me deeply, even when I share about me being frustrated with the individual to a close personal friend. It doesn't really, it helps, but then especially if I have to retract and I've overstated something and over-exaggerated a specific incident, I go back and reanalyze and say, oh, it wasn't that bad. You know, I did do X, Y, and Z and contribute. That hurts me because I care. You know right. what I'm saying? So imagine that on a level times a billion because you put it to the masses. Like, you don't want that. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You think it's wrong to share details of the relationship once it's over with anybody? No. I think that's the part. You got to get it out. Like, I don't think... I, I'm a, So, I'm a fan of having... Especially when it comes to, like, you know, a romantic relationship. I'm a fan of having your person... Or your few people. When I say few, I literally mean no more than three. Um, and I feel like three is just a large number. Um, I, I feel like you have your person and then you have your backup. And that person or those people are the people that you go to and they know a, like a lot of the inner workings of your relationship. But they only know that from the space of I need help checking me. I need help with you telling me. Am I wrong for this? Because you know me, you know how I respond to life, how I act in things. So if we've had an argument about something or disagreement about something, or even if I did something and I'm doing it and it's good, tell me if this is out of character. Tell me if, you know, you feel that I'm like jumping too fast or too hard or giving up too much or losing myself. Like you need those people that you can talk to and that can be there for you. So I feel like those are the people that you share details with and you know, your casual friends, you can talk about things. So like if we got in an argument, Hey, let's talk about 
we once upon a time we had this argument or not too long ago we had this argument but this is from after we've moved past it and we're over like i feel like it's okay for you to share those types of things but like when your when the relationship is ended i don't really feel like i feel like you have your you know your select few that you can talk to for help and support and maybe you can tell casual friends it's over and maybe talk about some of like the surface level stuff that you guys went through. But I don't feel like it's everybody's business to, to be in that because really, again, some people are just there for the show. Some people are there for, and not that they're going to, they're trying to be like super negative about it. But I always say like, if you're not trying to, if you can't really give me, offer me any type of, solid advice give me a real solution then like there's really no need for me to tell you details you know what i'm saying like and, and, or once i've gotten a couple or a few different perspectives or points of view then mm, i don't really need i don't need nobody else like i don't need everybody counting upon and on this because what i do need to do is i need to hear from myself what i do need to do is i need to especially with a breakup i need to spend some time praying about this um and i need to spend some time kind of getting centered with my creator and helping me believe in myself or learn how to live life outside of this situation and i can't get that by having 2500 thoughts and opinions or you know even more than just a couple that or with, with people that are going to help me kind of focus more on myself and not just tell me, well, you know, I wouldn't have did this or you should have did this or you crazy. I wouldn't have been there. Like, we had this conversation about me and homegirls and I feel like yeah, a lot of the homegirl opinions like, all right, we don't need all that. <laughs> me and homegirls, yeah, I try to go to people like, you know, you like we talked about, you have people for different things and you know who to talk to for who what. And I always know when I want like a real objective opinion or if I just want like to vent and somebody to be mad with me. Right. You know, you have like two people. So you'd be like, well, this person going to be with me regardless, right or wrong. They just going to flow with it. And right. <laughs> you can be dead wrong. They gonna be like, yeah, that's right. You're right. Cause, um, <laughs> and then you have a person that's going to be like, nah, you was wrong here. This is the cause of this. They were wrong here. Somebody who's objective. And I think those kind of are the two people that naturally we cling to. We might go to the one that's going to be with us right or wrong, you know, first. Right. But then we eventually get to that person that's going to be objective. And so I think, you know, it's okay if I trust this person. Anybody I have in my inner circle, I trust them. Right. So I'm going to go to them naturally with this. And I feel like they can give me objective opinions because everybody knows. I feel like different angles of you mm -hmm. as, as friends. And then when you're dating somebody romantically, they kind of get the full kind of the full package of who you are. Right. Depending on how much you how long. So then you need people that know different facets of you to hit different angles to say this is what. This is probably what was the issue here from what I know of you. And then somebody might that knows you in a, in a different light or based on, you know, length of time or just seeing your character patterns might know um, a different facet. So I think it's good to get like people that really know you and love you and that you can trust. But social media. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I, my homeboy said before he po proposed to his girlfriend, he actually went back and did a sweep 
of all her social media, like all the way back to the beginning to see if she had any shady stuff about exes on there before he proposed because he said that would have been a deal breaker for him. And I was like, oh, that's smart. I need to take that. I need to adapt that. I was going to say that's actually really, really smart and really real because you, again, you'll be be out here being the the spawn of the devil, the biggest villain from just a, a natural ending of a relationship. And like, I don't think any breakup is necessarily easy, but people do things. Relationships go sour, and that's just a part of life. And I feel like you got to get to a point when you're mature enough to know that I'm not going to go on this smear campaign of this person that I was just last week or last month or last year talking about how in love I was from them. Like, yo, they messed up or they're horrible or whatever but i need to have those conversations with my inner circle i don't need to be around here having those conversations with anybody so or being subliminal because we all know like some people aren't direct but they're subliminal like with the memes if you just start loading it up with memes and we know that all all the all your partner's pictures are deleted and then you just we don't see the pictures no more and then all your memes be like God got better for me or he removed you out of my life or, or you know you can't trust everybody like everybody can't go where you're going that's the that's the most famous God gotta you gotta let, let some dead weight go in order for you to move forward meanwhile you the, you the weight around here dying like <laughs> or you like you gotta let go of dead weight and you like 500 pounds like are you really I love the one where you people on the boat and it's like sharks around that everybody posts yeah. It was like, yeah, I'm just chilling with all this. I'm just like, no. Like we all know who you're talking about. Just you just deleted all the pictures and then you're gonna post shade like be like, Oh, I don't put nobody on black. Yes, you do. You just told us. We all know. Y'all know what's going on. You just told us. Yeah, absolutely do. Well don't y'all hit us up. Sabbatical. What'd you say? Take a sabbatical from social media after a breakup if you that pressed to to post. Likely the best advice like d- please do it please do it please do it because it makes more sense you know what i'm saying it, it really does make sense like allow us to kind of forget that just yesterday you was talking about this being your soulmate and you know the best <laughs> thing that god ever did for you and I, I this whole i feel like people be running into too many soulmates and you know girls be having like too many like men that God done sent them and guys be having like way too many ribs like it's just it's just so much going on I'd be confused anyway but y'all hit us up and let us know what y'all think use the hashtag chat BC hit us up on Twitter at brunch culture and on Instagram at brunch underscore culture also check out our website at www.brunchculturebc.com and we will be back for our toaster roast <laughs> All right, we're back, and it's time to get into our toast or roast. And I'm going to kick it off this week with a roast that may be a little disjointed because, as I mentioned earlier, um, being on lining on social media and and just going to the normal sites that I read, um, a lot of like black bloggers and black blogs and seeing this kind of... Still, from every corner, you're seeing you know black people being killed, 
black people being shot, uh, murdered, and there's no conviction, there's no indictment. Uh, all of these things are just like not happening. And, and so I don't know. I, I apologize in advance if this sounds disjointed because I just have a, 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 so many feelings about this. But anyway, so by now, we kind of all we all know that the murder of Terrence Crutcher, uh, Officer Betty Shelby, was not convicted um, of his murder. Um, she also was uh, reinstated to the police force. I've read that she won't be. She'll be going, being reinstated to, um, not to the, she'll be back on the force. She won't be in the field, but she'll be on some, some variation, maybe desk duty or something like that. On top of the fact that she is going to get back pay for all of the time that she was not, uh, working. And I want to say that I'm surprised. I want to say that I'm shocked, but that would not be a truthful statement because, you know, at this point, we kind of we kind of just expect the worst. And it's it's amazing if something happens outside of that. But for the most part, we just expect the worst. And so this is not necessarily shocking. It's extremely upsetting and saddening, but it's not shocking. But what annoys me and what frustrates me is going online and seeing people. And I've seen people that appear to be regular people not just troll accounts not just accounts where people are making statements like there's a couple like instagram you know gossip sites that i swear that they only say stuff just to get people to go to their site and to comment on it so that they can you know get sponsors and all this other stuff but not those type of people but people that are that seem to be you know real people regular people educated people sometimes smart people and to see people have these discussion and these discussions and debates on social media and read through comments and you hear people say things like you know it's really sad that people don't see the humanity or don't see that she needs a second chance or don't see how this is negatively impacting her life and nobody's talking about what her family is going through and nobody's talking about you know how hard it is and how she had to run from the court after the verdict was read because you know she knew that she was going to get so much backlash and people are going to treat her poorly and she's in harm's way and all of these things and they're saying like nobody thought about that and I just it's frustrating to me and for the life of me I can't understand how we can get to that place without realizing that this man's life is gone and so while I know that people don't view don't look at black people or don't look at black lives and black bodies as valuable or worth much beyond entertainment or beyond you know fads or or what's cool or setting trends But when you have this conversation and you want to consider her life and you want to consider the negative backlash that she's getting, you want to consider, you know, her family and all of these things. You also have to consider the choice that she made, whether that choice was out of fear, whether that choice was a mistake or not. There are so many people that have been punished for mistakes that were legitimate mistakes Um, for the choice that she made to to kill someone to shoot someone out of the assumption that he was reaching for a weapon when his hands were up um that 
the fact that he wasn't following her orders and she didn't see a weapon. She didn't have a weapon in his hand. She didn't see, you know, it's not like there was something that was like coming towards her. Like she didn't see any of that. Literally, it was her fear of him that caused her to pull the trigger and ultimately kill this man. And we're having conversations about how people need to have empathy and sympathy for, you know, what she's going through and all of that. But this is a result of a choice that she made, a decision that she made. Now, whether we I'm not going to sit here and argue about, you know, what led her to do that, which it's very I feel like it's very clear. And for her to say that, you know, it's not race based, but it's like, yes, it's not race based in the sense that you walk around so overtly saying that I want to kill black people because I just hate them. Like, you know most people don't think that way. And I I would argue that most people don't think that way, but it's the fact that you don't address the bias that you have. It's the fact that you don't address this thought that, you know, these type of people that just so happen to look this way are bad, are evil, are dangerous. That's what that, that, that bias that you have, that you have is what raised this fear. And so, I'm roasting, honestly, all of these dumb people that feel that we don't need to consider uh, the Critcher family and what they're going through and what they continue to go through. And so many other black people that continue to face and go through this, us seeing these things on TV, us having to have these conversations over and over and over again and how damaging that is, how much that that kind of tarnishes your faith in the system, your faith in people, your faith in you know this country that you born that you're born in that you that you care about and that you want to see and enact change for when we see these things consistently happen over and over again it makes you say like yo this is hard and so the fact that somebody wants you to consider the 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 struggles or the 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 bad things that are happening to this other family without realizing that there was a cause and there's an effect so like there was a there was an action and then a reaction so all of these responses that are negative are reactionary to the initial action that caused this and that initial action that caused this and you were trying to be justified i would venture to say that most people would show some degree of restraint or some some degree of trying to understand if one were to say hey i was really nervous and really upset in that moment and really afraid and i pulled the trigger and i didn't i shouldn't have done that and i'm sorry for that but to say that I thought that he was reaching for a weapon and he wasn't following my commands. And so I shot him and he's dead and he is gone. That is final. You've taken someone's life. That's not something that they can get back. People, these people can't get their brother back. They can't get their child back, their uncle, their cousin. None of these things can ever come back. But here I am having to look at you and to say that I, I, I have empathy at the fact that, you know, while you're going back to work and you're getting your your back pay, you've gone through so much mental anguish. Well, you went through that mental anguish because you pulled the trigger when you shouldn't have. And, you know, we can have a discussion about why you got there and maybe how society and life put you in that place. But let's have an honest discussion. Don't try to lie and blame the victim, but think that I'm supposed to feel good for you. So. I'm roasting, honestly, anybody that can't see that. And again, it's not based on race. Um, I saw one individual uh, specifically that I have an immense amount of respect for and still have immense amount of respect for. But I completely disagree with her position that basically had the same thing to say, like we can't call ourselves uh, Christians 
and we are or people of faith and we are wanting the worst for somebody else. Like I can understand saying, you know, if I was on this campaign of she needs to die, because to me, I just don't feel that way. I don't believe in the death penalty. But do I feel that I'm supposed to go around and just feel sorry for her because, you know, things are hard after a decision that she made that took someone else's life that like literally has no option to live, to make decisions, to do anything. I just I just can't do that. So I'm roasting Betty Shelby and everybody that just can't see the problem and the flaws of another black life being taken away unjustly and nothing really being done about it. And a person essentially kind of getting a vacation that was probably a hell of a hectic vacation, but it's still a vacation and you get back pay. Like where they do that at? That's my yeah. Roast. That's it's it's still crazy to me um, that she even got off uh, and then got work with back pay. It's just like compiling just insult to injury. Um, I want to roast myself this week. Seven years ago, I knew about Bitcoin. I mm. told my friend, my best friend at the time, we was talking about it. And I was like, man, this is interesting. Now Yahoo Finance produced an article. I think it was on CNBC. It's like a historic high. If you bought seven years ago, if you bought $100 of Bitcoin, now you would have $72.9 million. Wow. I am kicking myself. It was wow. 0.003 cents. So it was it was a, a, a like a... Uh, a third of a percent yeah yeah um yeah and it skyrocketed this week um to 21 2185 a share wow it's like a record-breaking trading thing uh i just it's one of those things where it's like i knew about it i had to text my friend it's like you remember when we were talking about bitcoin like what the heck? Like we could have been rich. <sighs> so that th- this should be inspiration that you should go out and start investing in some things that are less than a penny now, and hopefully, you know. Four years. I know, but it was depressing. That would have really paid off. I would have paid off your student loans, Randall, if I had. had now that. I'm mad. <laughs> now I'm pissed off at Delisa from seven years ago because <laughs> that was my opportunity to make it. <laughs> Uh, you just robbed me of my opportunity too. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I was kicking myself all day yesterday. I was like, this isn't real. Like, what the heck? Why? I just <sighs> we all miss it. We all miss it sometimes. That's one you didn't want to miss. But we're gonna leave y'all with today's good vibe. I need encouragement. Don't let being right talk you out of being kind. Well, I guess that ain't really encouragement, but that's a good quote. Um, <laughs> bye, 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 bye. <laughs> well, that's a good quote. This is a good quote. Kudos to you. <laughs> Bob Goff said, don't let being right talk you out of being kind. And that's so important because sometimes you could be right and you could share that information. But remember kindness and gentleness with your the way you share it because, you know, people... People take stuff better when it's presented in certain ways. And so you can't just throw it at them any kind of way, even when you're right. So I think that's good. I think, you know, 
yeah, it's it's true. It wasn't the encouragement that I needed for the depression, but it's true statement that we can live by. So <laughs> I was well, gonna really try to pull it out, but I couldn't. I was gonna say, well, if you you were you weren't wrong. Well, you were wrong, so now you gotta be kind. So you were wrong about not buying the Bitcoin, but now you can be kind about it because it'll help. Does that work? Mm, it's not the same thing. Know. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Well, okay. let's just get out of here. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. As always, you can catch all of our past episodes at brunchculturebc.com. You can follow us and subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, we're everywhere. Spreaker. Everywhere. All of those places. Be. Yes, really for real. Not Verizon because they suck. Um, oh, yeah, you gotta let them go. <laughs> That's why I should have roasted. Uh, but yeah, so follow us on on Facebook at facebook.com backslash brunch culture on Instagram at brunch underscore culture and on Twitter at brunch culture. And remember, here at brunch culture, everything is up for discussion.